Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Todd Coconato Podcast, otherwise known as The Remnant. My name is Pastor Todd Coconato on this 12-13-2021 edition of the broadcast. Welcome to the show. So glad that you're here. I've got so many things I want to talk to you about, but I'm not really going to get so much into the news today because this is one of those days when we, we recorded the show and then I erased it. <laughs> that happens sometimes. Uh, because it's just more of the same. And I really believe we're in a season of new. We're not in a season of more of the same. I could sit and go through all the headlines, you know, the world's first Omicron death in the UK. And I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize that death. But, you know, the, the fear and the propaganda, you know, that's the same as it's been for the last couple of years. And uh, it doesn't look like that's going anywhere. But what is very, very much in the heart of this pastor, and what I believe in the heart of the Lord is the situation with this church and the situation of your heart. And this whole thing is a battle over our souls. Everything that we do, everything that we're fighting for in this world, it's a battle for our soul. Are we going to spend our eternity with Jesus Christ? Are we going to rule and reign with him? Or are we going to spend our eternity in hell? And the warfare that you have had to endure, precious remnant warrior, those that have stood, you've had family come against you. You've had, you know, People at your job come against you. People even at the church come against you sometimes. And the warfare has been extensive. Maybe your spouse or your children. And we talked about this, by the way, if you have a chance. I don't normally do this, but I would really recommend you listen to yesterday's service uh, because I think it was powerful. The Lord really met us. And uh, I'm getting a lot of good feedback. A lot of people writing me saying that they were really moved. And it's all the Holy Spirit. It's not me. Uh, But I came back very tired. Uh, I wasn't really prepared and I just asked the Lord to give me grace and anoint me and to use me as a vessel. And I really believe he did yesterday. And, and we're going to continue that kind of on a, on a second, you know, I'm going to keep going with that. This, this series that we're doing on big faith, but really there's more to it because it's, it's being transparent, you know, talking about how Christians are not perfect. We're not perfect. This whole false reality that these people think that, you know, Christians are perfect. It's not true. None of us are claiming. I'm not claiming to be perfect. I'm messed up. But because of the Lord Jesus, he, he made my crooked path straight. And he healed my brokenness. And he's, he's, he's healed me. I was broken, but he fixed me. That's a song I actually wrote a long time ago. Because it's true. And the only reason why I'm fixed is by the power of his Holy Spirit and through the blood of Jesus and the cross of Calvary. He, he, he connected a sinner, me, you know, a wretch like me, and connected me to a holy God. And he did that through the cross of Calvary. And so this whole thing about Christians being perfect and we have to live up to this perfection. And then the world, what they do is they just love that. It's like, you know, they're like uh, sharks in the water that are looking for blood. And the minute that you make one mistake or you say something wrong or, you know, and I'm on the, you know, interviews all the time and, you know, speak at many different conferences and stages and different things. And so, you know, I'm going to say things where I make a mistake. And so they just wait, you know, whether it's a live stream or whatever, they just wait till I say one thing that they can use against me. And so, you know, I started thinking about this and praying about it. And I said, you know, I've never claimed to be perfect. All, all I claim to be is forgiven because I am forgiven. That's what the word of God says. And, you know, this whole thing where, where Christians have had, you know, pastors and Christians, maybe you, probably you, have had to, you know, walk this very difficult walk where people just are looking for anything to accuse us because Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And so for, you know, a long time, it's been like a vice in my life. It's just been, you know, ever since I've been in ministry and, you know, as you get older, you just start realizing, I don't really care what these people think. I love them. 
I bless them. You know, I'm not going to hate them. I have an open door policy. You can come anytime and uh, would love to talk to you and share and share the word of God with you and what God's doing in my life and love on you. I'm not here to hate you or be your enemy. But for whatever reason, sometimes people just choose to make you their enemy. And and there's really not much you can do about it other than pray for them. You try to engage them. You try to, you know, uh, walk out biblical protocol, go to the person, you know, the things that the Bible tells us to do. And it's just not possible because they won't allow it. And those are very difficult situations and all the friendly fire and all that. But when it all comes down to, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect, but we are forgiven if we've accepted Jesus in our heart as our Lord, as our Savior. And that doesn't mean that from that day forward, we, we don't make any mistakes. I make mistakes almost every day of my life, probably every day. You know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is therefore no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. Now, I think a lot of us forget that because there sure is a lot of condemnation flying around and the friendly fire doesn't make it any better, does it? So, you know, there's, there's a rise in the spirit of Antichrist in this hour and the enemy is just having a field day trying to accuse the brethren and because Christians, you know, and I talked about two things that Christians, a big misconception. Number one is that, you know, being nice is being Christian. Being nice is not being Christian. Now, it's a fruit of being a Christian you know, as a Christian, you should have, you know, operate in the fruit of the spirit, which is kindness and love and all those things. But, but being nice is not going to get you into heaven and being perfect. You're not going to ever be able to obtain perfection on this world. It's just not possible. You can try your very best. There was only one perfect man. He was fully man and fully God. His name is Jesus. He, he's, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the word. He's the only perfect one. We cannot obtain perfection as people. We just can't. But what we can do is, is hunger and thirst for righteousness. What we can do is do our very best to live in a righteous manner because we don't want to, you know, we try to abstain from even the appearance of evil. And, uh, and so that's what we do as Christians. But, you know, we're going to make mistakes and we can't beat ourselves up when we do. So it's, it's a delicate thing. But I think, you know, there needs to be more people talking about this. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about, I love the underdog. I don't know about you, but I love the underdog. I, I really do. And I've been the underdog. And, you know, there's people all the time, they come to me and they say, you know, Pastor Todd, I, you know, I wish your ministry was bigger. Pastor Todd, I wish you had, you know, I wish more people knew about you. And, you know, my new thing when people say that, because they say it all the time, is I say, I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. Because I have enough attack right now. And, and you know what? I'm exactly where the Lord wants me to be. And he's greatly expanded the territory. I mean, we have more downloads than we've ever had before. And there's thousands and thousands of people every day that listen to the broadcasts and that share the broadcasts and that write us. And so I don't, you know, it's not a numbers game for me. It's not like, oh my gosh, we got to keep increasing. I'm not building a kingdom. I'm, I'm building the Lord's kingdom. And this is, this is his, his platform, his ministry. And so, you know, when people say that to me, I just kind of stare at them now because it's like, I, you know, I, I don't wish that. I mean, if that's what God has, that's fine. But that's not my, my goal every day is not to get up and say, how can I market this ministry to have more followers, to have more likes, to have more listens? We don't need it. Honestly, we don't even need it. You know, we're, we're just great how we are. But I mean, if the Lord wants to continue to expand the ter territory, that's wonderful. You know, we'll step into that calling. But the thing is, it's not about that. And I want to, you know, so thank you to those. I understand where your heart's at. And thank you. Look, you can like and share and you know, it's, it helps us to expand the territory. And we do have a suppression from Facebook and some of these social media tech giants that try to push us down. 
But I'm all about, I love the underdog. I've always loved the underdog because I, I, you know, there's just something about that for me. You know, I, I, and again, I'm not against the person who's on top either, but I just, I, I'm all about like, you know, the hidden, I, for many, many years, I've gone to pastor conferences and I've seen, you know, the mega church pastors there and they get treated like they're like these mini celebrities and everybody's like fawning over them. And then there's these amazing remnant pastors that have churches of maybe 200 or 300 or even less maybe. And they're really, I mean, they're in their community and they're shepherding and they're loving. And I'm not saying that all the mega church pastors aren't doing this because some of them are, I'll be honest. Some of them are, but some of them aren't. Uh, but, but the, you know, I love the underdog. I love the, the small church pastors. And, you know, they, a lot of times I've watched these guys or these women and they leave discouraged because they think, you know, no one, no one cares about what, you know, I'm doing, but I just want you to know, God cares about what you're doing. And there's actually scriptures that say, you know, you will get your reward here. If you boast about it and you tell everybody and you know, you're getting all your recognition, that's your recognition, but it's the people that do things in the secret place or, or secretly or they're not out there boasting and they're not, and their, their reward's going to be in heaven. That's actually a biblical concept. You know, the Bible also says, let the last be first and the first be last. So I know many of you are out there and you have the heart of the kingdom. You have the heart of the Lord and you're doing many things. And, you know, especially with social media and in the world that we live in right now, you know, you may not be getting the recognition, the pats on the back, the attaboys. Listen, I deal with it even in the in the circles that I hang with. I'm going to be real with you. You know, where it's like, I'm very quiet about, you know, I don't tell people like we had a million downloads this month. You know, I don't, I'm not out there saying that, you know, because I just, I feel weird about saying that. I feel weird about putting our stats out there and, you know, it's, it's just not what it's about for me. But, you know, I could, I could come out and be, you know, and, and people would probably be pretty impressed, but that's not what it's about. And so I don't do that. So then people, you know, they think like, oh, you know, the ministry, you know, Pastor Todd, you know, he's, no one really knows about it. That's not true though. <laughs> but I, it's just not my place to be out there saying like, oh yeah, you know, this is what's going on. I look at it and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. It's amazing what God's doing. He's expanded the territory. I mean, just think about it. In the last month, I spoke at, you know, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's church. I spoke at Brian Gibson's church, Pastor Brian Gibson. That's amazing. What, a, what an honor, you know? And, and in this last year alone, I mean, I've been at Pastor Greg Locke's church. I've been, you know, some of the biggest stages, Pastor Crank Christmas, you know, the biggest stages in the country. And, and that's an honor. But, you know, it's how weird would it be for me to be out there like bragging and boasting? Because that's just not what it's about. And so I just, you know... It, it took so many years and, and many people, there was somebody that said something and I'm just going to repeat. I don't remember who actually said it, but somebody said, they said, they see the glory, but they don't know the story. And most remnant people, like some of those pastors that I just mentioned, every one of them actually, I know their stories. It didn't just happen. It didn't just happen where they, where now you see them and you see what God's up to, but they're still dealing with warfare. But you also don't know the story. We don't know the story. And that's what I found is, is that when the Lord's hand is on a ministry or a person, it's a long road sometimes. It's not going to be clickbait or somebody that just gets raised up really quick. In fact, I'm, I'm really cautionary about the people that are super, super quick where it's like they don't have a story because it's like, you know, and I'm not saying that if you get raised up fast, you don't have a story. I'm just saying, you know, there's some people that raise themselves up. There's other people that God raises up. God raises certain people up very fast and that's fine if it's the Lord. I've seen him do it. One of my dear friends. But, but it's not always the case. And so I don't want you to be discouraged if you're doing the work of the kingdom and maybe you've been doing it for a while 
and you're feeling in your heart, I know I'm speaking to somebody today, you're feeling in your heart like I'm not getting the recognition, you know, I'm not getting the likes, I'm not getting the follows, and there's times when you want to give up. And I just want to share with you, that's been my story, but I persevered. You know, I was on the radio in Los Angeles on a Salem affiliate out there. It was one of the biggest ones in the country, and it was it, the radio show was called Hollywood Live Radio, and I was the host. And how that all came about is I was in a prayer circle, and this man just said, hey, I'm doing a you know, radio show, and I really feel like the Lord said, you know, you're the host. And I said, what? And he said, will you pray about being the host of this radio show on KKLA? I said, of course, I'll pray about it. I did pray about it. The Lord gave me a, a go ahead. And we ended up doing a show called Hollywood Live on Salem in Los Angeles from, I think it was 2010 or 2011 to about 2014 or 2015, somewhere around there. But we did it for several years. And it was a great experience. I got to interview all these people about what God is up to in Hollywood. How cool is that, right? And that's actually what led me to government because I realized that there was a plumb line. There was a connection uh, from what was going on in Hollywood to what was going on in government. Then I started you know, studying government and the rest is history. But, you know, I had already been studying government and many of these things for, for years. But being in Hollywood, it really kind of all started connecting the dots and it all started coming to a head. I started realizing, you know, about the deep state and about, you know, the shadow government and about the elites and about all this stuff with China, and all this different stuff. They just it was like going down the rabbit hole, you know, but that started now. Each of you probably have a different journey, but many of you are awake or you're recently awake or you're starting to learn more about this stuff. And, you know, I would just tell you that's, you know, my personal journey started probably about 20 years ago, maybe a little bit more. And I listened to certain people that, you know, were, I would get little bits from this person, little bits from that person. YouTube was big for me. I would do a lot of research on YouTube, do a lot of reading, looking at the websites and different things. And that started my, my journey of being awake and understanding there's more to the story. And, um, you know, there's, it's a, it really is good if you can do research and you can do your own studying and don't just take everybody's word for it. And that's what I learned because even Reagan had a great saying. He said, trust, but verify, right? But what I'm, what I'm telling you is, is that, so when I got off the radio and I started the podcast, for a long time, we had barely any listeners on the podcast. And, you know, my church had about, I don't know, 150, 200 people that would come. You know, I, I first started pastoring with my family and then, you know, I started my own uh, service and everything. But, you know, for many years, um, we just didn't see a lot of fruit. Well, I, I take that back. We did see fruit, but the numbers were, were small. But we did see fruit. I mean, people were getting healed. People were getting delivered. Uh, people, you know, marriages were being healed. Lives were being touched. But the warfare was extensive. And the, the work that we were putting in was a lot because I was working, you know, a job during the day and then doing the ministry at night. I was bivocational for many years. And so, you know, people come into my life now and they have no idea that like for 20 years, this is what's been going on. They just see now and they think, oh my gosh, it's so glamorous. It's so this, it's so that. Well, they, they see the glory, they don't know the story. And, and they don't know the, the warfare. I mean, extensive refiner's fire. Um, you know, just stuff that, I mean, I'm trying to write this book and it's like, it just takes forever because, you know, another story, another thought, another, you know, things that I have to explain because it's been such a long journey. When people ask me to tell them my testimony, it's like, oh my gosh, like it's so hard for me to put it, especially if I have like a minute because so much has happened. Do you feel like that? Have you had so much happen in your life? Have you had so much happen in your family? And there's something that's been going on in my life where it's like there's, there's almost been like a shame uh, of telling it all because it's like, 
you know, you don't know what the public is going to do. They can't really consume the real story, the abuse and the things that happened in my childhood and in my, you know, my parents' marriage and, you know, in my own life, the addictions and the things that the Lord has healed me from, you know, um, breaking generational curses. I mean, it's been a journey, guys. And, and you know, I, I watch guys like Michael and Dell who shared his testimony. And then I see these, these people, for lack of a better word, morons, that then take his testimony and use it against him. You ever seen that where somebody is so honest and they share their story and then the enemy uses these people that just are, you know, he was without sin through the first stone. I bet you if we looked into their lives, it'd be a disaster. But, you know, we don't look into their lives. But they, you know, then they throw all these stones at, at Mike Lindell. Oh, he's a crackhead. He's this, he's that. And that's what, you know, so then we see that. We see when people share, because I've been in church situations and Bible studies where somebody's come out and they're like, look, I have an addiction to pornography or look, I have an addiction to this or that or sex or, you know, and people just judge them. They sit there and just judge them instead of like give, commending them because they're doing exactly what the Bible said, confess your sins. You know, they're confessing their sins before others in the body of Christ and they're, and they're seeking healing. And then what do we do? We sit there and use it against them. I'm so sick of it. It's not at all what the Bible says. I commend those people that come out and share the truth and share their, their, their struggles. And, and listen, you Pharisees that are out there that think you got no problems, you, you're just not honest with yourself. You're not honest with yourself. You, you're telling me you haven't fallen? You're telling me you haven't made mistakes? It's a Pharisee spirit. It's a religious spirit that's out there. And, and then, you know, these, these precious people that are, you know, when I came from the world, out of the club scene, I was totally messed up. And I would sit in church and I, I feel like a lightning bolt was going to hit me. You know, I would sweat and I, it took me a while to find, you know, make friends. I would stand in the foyer and just stand there and wait for people to, you know, it was horrible, honestly. But I knew that I couldn't go back to my worldly friends because if I went back to the clubs, you know, and I went back to, to the things that I was doing in the world, I'd, I'd just be messed up. And I knew that the Lord was, was healing me and taking me out of a lifestyle of sin and death. But I, you know, there was a period where I had no friends in the Christian world and it was painful because I came from the world where I had so many friends, hundreds of friends, or at least I thought I'd had friends. I mean, you know, they were worldly friends, but you know, some of those people were pretty loyal and, and they were good friends and we used to have fun together. I didn't have a bad situation in the world. It was just sin. And I wanted to get away from the sin. You know, it wasn't that I was like, oh my gosh, everything was ending and I had to leave and I had no choice but to be a Christian. That wasn't really how it worked. I actually had great connections in the world, great money, great jobs, you know, people that were rolling out the red carpet for me, VIP, all that stuff. So when I left, it wasn't like I was leaving because I had to leave because I was, you know, it was so awful. I was leaving because I knew that I was living a lie and I knew that Christ was the only answer for my life. And, and the long term, I was making a, a decision for the long term. I was saying, look, I don't want to end up like these people that, you know, I want to have a family and I want to have, you know, I want to be sowing good seed for the future. And, and then I would come into the church and I, I caught the fire of the Holy Spirit. I caught the fire of God and people were pointing at me and saying, well, that, oh, you must be a new believer. That's not going to last. And I was like, what do you mean it's not going to last? What are you talking about? You know, and I knew that the Lord had given me the mandate when, when I got stabbed nine times and almost died. And I went in the presence of God. He said, you know, tell the people about me. And he said, you better be on fire for me. You got to be on fire for me until the day you die. So I always have to be on fire. And I'm, I'm not always on fire. I have to fight for that fire. I got to go in the secret place. I got to recharge. I got to strengthen my faith. I got to call upon the name of the Lord. But, you know, people have let me down time and time again. Over and over and over again, people let me down. And, I, and I, I'm saying this because I think people have let you down. Elders, mentors, 
You know, and I'm not saying that it, you shouldn't have elders and mentors because I have elders and mentors and I have them now. But I'm saying is people that I respected that I didn't think, you know, would hurt me. Uh, they did hurt me. And I have been hurt in church. And I have been hurt by pastors and other leaders that are all concerned about their own kingdom and their name and their, you know, getting all the recognition. And, you know, they look at me and they think, oh, he's just Todd. That's just Todd. You know, he doesn't have as big of a following as me, so I can treat him bad. I mean, what in the world? How did it get to be this place? We've got to fix this. Okay, you don't look at people and, and, and you know, treat them by the amount of followers they have. What a ridiculous, satanic concept. That's not of the Lord, okay? So if it's not of the Lord, that means it's of the devil. And, and, you know, you think because somebody has a smaller church, you're above, you know, you're above them because you have a big ministry or you have more followers. And half these people buy their followers anyway. These, these big ministries with all the followers. Well, half those followers are bots, I hate to tell you. you know, that's the truth with the celebrities and with everybody because they have money and they tell their marketing team, like, hey, make sure we got a million followers, you know, and then, and then people treat them a certain way because of their followers. Well, that's not God. It's not about, he's not a respecter of persons, okay? And it's not about your ministry side and, and you, know, you have a big ministry, that means you can treat people like garbage. I've seen this so many times over the years. Very, very egregious, but true. And I told you I'm going to start taking the gloves off. Well, the gloves are coming off. You know, and I've been in these green rooms with these celebrity pastors time and time and time again. And, you know, it's like I'm just a Christian. That's what I am at the core of this whole thing. A man that God changed. A man that, that had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And so when I go in there and I see some big minister, I'm thinking like, oh, this person must be on fire for the Lord. They got a big ministry. And the way that some of these people act is shocking. I mean, they act like, you know, they're, they're holier than thou and they're cooler than, than thou. They're like Mr. Celebrity and I can't even, they can barely even talk to me. You know, they can't even look at me in the eye or have a real conversation. Now, there are some people that are very real and thank God for those. I've had many, many people over the years that are real and I'm thankful for those people. They're good people. They're real. Thank you. I want realness. I think God wants realness. You want realness. We want authenticity. But, you know, it, Many people have like a complex because you think you don't have enough followers, you're not liked, you don't have enough friends, and you know, you live in this like inferiority, you know, and I just want to break you of that today because that's a lie from the pit of hell. It's not about followers. It's not about how big your ministry is. None of those things matter. You know, I had a pastor friend of mine who was a, a real pastor, a real good man of God that just passed away. He was a mentor in my life, somebody I loved, dear, dear friend. He just passed away last week. And I'm going to tell you something. You know what? As much as he had all those things, when he went to be with the Lord, that's it. He didn't take anything with him, did he? And he was a real deal. He was a good man. But I'm just saying, like, all these people that, that hold all these things, you know, how many followers, how many likes, how big your ministry is, how much money you've been able to accumulate, how big of a kingdom you've been able to build on your own strength, you can't take any of that with you. It's all about the status of your heart. It's all about your heart. Where is your heart? Are you kind? Because we're all going to stand before the throne one day. And everything that we did is going to be held to account. Okay, we're going to stand before the judgment seat. And we're going to we're going to have to, you know, look, every one of us is going to stand before the Lord one day. And we're going to have to answer for the things that we did. How did we treat these people? We're supposed to be ministers. We're supposed to be pastors. You know, or, or, you know, every Christian has been given a, the great commission to go and make disciples, to operate in the fruit of the spirit. The Bible says, you know them by their fruit. 
I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful when I find a leader or a pastor that's actually real. That's actually willing to look at me and smile and listen to what I have to say for a few minutes and not just, you know, act like they're better than me or they're, you know, they can be, some people can't even have like a two minute conversation. You ever see that? It's like, they can't even listen to what you're saying. (laughs) And I just, I just want to free you up today because there are some real people out there and there are people that get it. And that's why I've always loved the underdog because you know what? I love the little guy. I love the underdog. And you know, I see you out there and I know the Lord sees you out there too. And not every one of you is in that place. Some of you do have a big ministry or you do have a big following or, you know, the Lord's using you in different ways. But I'm just saying like, if you've been one of these remnant people that's been hidden, I just want you to know God sees. And and I'm going to tell you for years. Okay. Now let me finish my story. So for years, I didn't have a big following. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do the work of the Lord because I do this for God. And there was times when I got discouraged and I would, you know, I would talk to my family and be like, you know, do you think I should just stop? Like, you know, and, and thank God I have some encouraging people in my family, like my mom and others that were just like, you know, no, keep going. You know, you got to do what you're called to do. The Lord's going to be with you, you know, and mentors in my life. I could think of certain mentors and people that were telling me the same thing. They just said, you do what God's called you to do. You do what God's put on your heart. He's going to do the rest. And so that's how I did. I showed up every day and I did it as unto the Lord, not unto man. In fact, the Bible literally says to do that. Do it unto the Lord, not unto man. And, and that's what I did. And then one day, the Lord decided to increase the territory. I really believe because I was faithful with the things that he gave me. You know, I was faithful with the things that he gave me. And so then, therefore, he increased the territory. And I, I, somebody needs to hear this today because we've got to understand, you know, look, these people that make it about the kingdom, you know, their kingdom, not God's kingdom, and they make it about, you know, they're following and they're, you know, all the, and they act like they're holier than thou and they're bigger than you. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, and, and, and the enemy uses that to discourage you. I just want you to know that's not going to last for them because if the Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. And if you become one of those people where you lose focus on the Lord and what the main mission is, and you start making it about yourself, likes, follows, your, your, your riches, you know, all that stuff. God, is, God gives and God takes away, and he will not allow you. God will not be mocked, and you cannot say in the name of the Lord all those things and claim the name of the Lord, but, but literally not know him and not be operating in his fruit because he will say, depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never knew you, and I never want to hear that. I never want to hear that, and I know you don't ever want to hear that. So that's why this is about the Lord, and, when, and, and that's what I'm trying to tell you is, and so you know, when, when people see certain things that are happening in my life now, first of all, number one, there's still a tremendous amount of warfare, okay? Number one. Number two, it's all for the glory of God. Number three, it's his. He can give and take away. And number four, you may see some glory, but you don't know the story. And that's why, you know, I feel led to share more of my story and, and just be real transparent because the, the pain has been, you know, there's been times I've wanted to commit suicide. There's been times I've, I've I mean, I'm just going to be real with you over the years. Now, not recently, thank God. Uh, but many years ago, you know, there's been times when I've wanted to give up when I thought no one cares what I'm doing. No one cares at all. And I was putting in all this work and all this time and all this effort. And I just felt like there was nothing coming out of it, you know? And and then one day the Lord decided to move. And it's like, I, I never, you know, I didn't know he was going to move. I didn't know when he was going to move. All I knew is I needed to be faithful and I would pray and I would ask the Lord and I would be faithful with what he gave me. And I believe it's like the parable of the talents, you know, where it's like, you know, he'll give you one thing and then he wants to see how you're going to steward it and what you're going to do with it. 
you know, and then if you if you steward it correctly or you do it as unto the Lord, then the Lord will increase and he'll expand your territory. He's taught me this in many different ways, you know, even with this podcast. And so uh, th these are very important. I hope this is helping somebody out there. I hope this is blessing somebody out there uh, because this is this is real. And what I'm sharing with you is real. And, and this is uh, this is really of the Lord. I really feel like somebody need to hear today. So we're going to be back in the second segment of the, uh, segment of the show. This is Pastor Todd Cognato, 1213 Monday edition. The underdog. I'm calling it the underdog show. Keep standing up. Keep doing what God's called you to do. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, Pastor Todd here, and I just want to thank everybody that's tuning in to the Todd Coconado Show, The Remnant. We are a fully listener-supported model. In other words, we don't we don't answer to anybody. We answer to God, and we answer to the elders and mentors in my life, and we answer to our listeners. But we don't answer to the corporate interest or the deep state or the you know anybody that's trying to tell us you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that. We don't answer to that uh, because we need to speak truth. And so we are fully listener supported. And I thank you for helping us with this program. You can go to toddcoconato.com slash give. That's forward slash give. And help us support the efforts here on the Todd Coconato Show where we speak truth every single day or at least as often as we can. And uh, I love you guys and I bless you. And I just want to say that if you give and, and either way, but you know, I, I pray that God would give back exceedingly and abundantly. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's never out of resources. What you've given, I pray that seed will be given back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in Jesus' name. God bless you. All right, one of our sponsors here at the Todd Coconado Show is Mike Lindell and MyPillow. And you can go to MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com, and put in the promo code REMNANT. It's R-E-M-N-A-N-T. Or you can just use the letters RMNT, either one. So Remnant or RMNT, put in that promo code and you will get up to 65 to 66% off of your order. And not only that, it helps fund the operation here at the Todd Coconato Show. So go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code REMNANT. We thank you and we bless you. It helps us here at the program and uh, it also helps Mike Lindell, by the way, who's standing for our country and for uh, the 2020 election and for truth and freedom. So... Uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good stuff, right? All right, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. God bless you. All right, everybody, we're back to the second uh, segment of the show. My name is Pastor Todd Cognato. This is the Todd Cognato Show for this Monday, 12, 13, 2021 edition of the broadcast. And we're talking about uh, the, the underdog. We're talking about the underdog. And people that feel like they're hidden or you know no one sees what they're up to or you know just a lot of people that are discouraged right now and you look at some of these uh, bigger names out there and you think why in the world god why you know how come when's my day you know when am i gonna when when you know i've been doing stuff for years and it's like no one even notices it or so it seems like that right but the truth is god sees and we're doing this for an audience of one we're not doing this for the accolades of man and i know that's easy to say but when you're in the situation, and I was just dealing with a, a dear friend of mine who's got a powerful ministry, uh, but that ministry has not yet exploded. It's still in the uh, beginning stages of, of seeing growth. And, you know, he's gone through a lot. And, you know, he's trying to think of different ways to support the ministry. And, you know, my heart goes out to everybody in that position because I've been in that position for years. And so I understand. And, you know, there's been times when I just, you know, felt like, uh, you know, maybe I just need to go back to work, you know, and I am working very, very hard here. I'm not saying I'm not working, but what I'm saying is like in a corporate job or, you know, 
whatever open door the Lord might have for me. I mean, I used to work in marketing in the business world. I was an executive, you know, in the, in the retail world. You know, so I mean, I could take my resume and start applying for jobs and, you know, maybe go get something where I make, you know, over six figures and have a steady paycheck and it would be a lot less stress probably than what's going on right now. But I know that there was a period where the Lord released me into the ministry and we are doing many different things. I call it the trifecta, remnant.news, the Religious Liberty Coalition, uh, and then of course here at the Todd Coconado Show and Todd Coconado Ministry. So, you know, we're doing many different things. And so I'm, at this point, I'm so busy and I, you know, I barely even have time to take a nap ever. I mean, you know, or, or rest or, or anything. Uh, that's why I often appear very tired. I mean, I, you know, my family will tell you I work very late every night. I mean, you know, we're answering so many emails and communications with people and trying to help as many people as we can. And there's people in different situations. And, you know, every day we do our best because I want to be an available pastor, especially if you feel that, you know, I'm your pastor in this, in this church, uh, the Remnant Church and the, the online community that we have. You know, if I'm your pastor, I want to be available. The worst thing to me is I've seen so many churches where you can't even get a hold of the pastor. And I think to myself, gosh, what if somebody was suicidal? What if somebody, you know, was going through a real trial and they can't even get a hold of their pastor? So I don't want to be that person. I want to be available. And that's why I do my very best to respond to every single communication. And there's many different ways that people reach out, whether it's social media platforms or email or text message. You know, some people even write snail mail. And so I just want to thank you for your support. And I, I want to encourage you because we're doing this for an audience of one, as I said. This is not for the accolades of man. It's not for the approval of man. It's not, you know, a lot of us, including myself, I've had to fight off what I call the approval of man syndrome. And that's where you are looking for man's approval. This is, this is about God's approval. If God's called you and he's given you the vision, he will give the provision. And it's a real faith walk. It's a real... You know, and so, and, and there's a lot of people comparing to others. You know, you're comparing to this one, you're comparing to that one. You know, jealousy comes in and, and, and all, all different types of things where you're comparing. You feel inferior, you feel small, you feel helpless. And then you're looking at these other people and you're just like, how can I compare? And, and I, like I said, I'm always about, I love the underdog because I've been the underdog and I think I still am the underdog, to be honest with you. But, you know, I've been there. I've been, I understand how you feel where, where it's a painful process, but you know you've been called. I want to encourage you, when you're doing this for the Lord, that's what it's all about. It's for the Lord. It's not about man. It's not about, don't compare yourself. No one else can walk in your shoes. God made you fearfully and wonderfully. No one else can be you. Not, not another person on this planet can be you. And I'm going to be honest, the majority of the people I meet have big vision but they haven't quite seen it all happen yet. You know, there's more, way more people that I, that I meet that are in the, in the fledgling stages or in the beginning stages, or maybe you've been doing it for a couple of years or, you know, even 10 or 20 years, but you haven't yet seen the, the optimal fruit that you would like to see. And, and God continues to tell you to press ahead and somehow you get through. And the enemy sometimes uses that to make you want to give up. You only lose when you give up. And sometimes it's the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth time that, that actually makes it. Do you know that most of these successful people that we see didn't make it on their first try? Most of them, it's their 15th try, their 20th try, their 30th try, but they just kept getting up and they just kept pressing ahead. And I really believe God builds our character in, in building our trust and our faith in him that he gets us by somehow. You know, these pastors or these ministers or people that I know, like Rodney Howard Brown, that came here with like barely any money. I have a friend, Saitsi. She's uh, been on the program before from Bulgaria. 
and she's got a ministry and you know uh, her ministry is called changing a generation and i've watched her over the years and it's not always been easy for her she came here with very a small amount of money from bulgaria she knew that the lord was calling her to the united states and to do work here and she still does amazing things in bulgaria listen to her testimony it's up on my page uh you know if you go to the rumble page you'll see it or the you know on my podcasting platform satsi Demina Trakova, and she's uh, married a guy named Mark Harper, so now she's Stacey Demina Harper. Um, but, you know, she's got a powerful ministry. And I, I bring her up because she's one of few that's really impacted my life, but she's a press-ahead warrior. You know, she's a press-ahead warrior because just because, you know, she got the vision, but there's been times when it's been difficult, and, and yet she presses ahead. And she's always stands for the truth and for righteousness and keeps a positive attitude. And the Lord has expanded her territory. She's met with presidents and, you know, powerful people. But it, it wasn't always that way. And look, we're all still going through that till, still at times. You know, where you, just because, you know, it looks or appears like you may have made it or maybe your ministry is bigger now, it doesn't mean that it's all easy from there on out. You know, there's all these different challenges that arise. But I think we've got to take down the facades and, and stop with the comparison. And also, uh, people that have big ministries, you better humble yourselves. Okay? Because, again, the Lord gives and takes away. And we got to humble ourselves. And, and the stuff that I've seen behind the scenes in the green rooms and in, in some of these things, I mean, the Lord is not going to put up with that forever. He's coming back for a church without spot nor wrinkle. It's not about Christian celebrity. It's not about being famous. It's about making him famous. You know, to know him and to make him known throughout the earth to spread the gospel the truth and i'm tired of it being about all these other people and people fawning over these people and idolizing them stop stop it now we can have an admiration or respect or an honor that's different but don't don't idolize and don't don't put them on a pedestal or think that they're perfect there's only one perfect man his name is jesus he was he's perfectly man and perfectly god at the same time and everyone else of us has fallen short of the glory but we press ahead in victory because we, we our, our desire is to be about the Lord's business. Our desire is to be in the optimal calling that God has on our life. But I've just, I've seen so much junk. Like I worked at a mega church when I was younger. It was a good church. It had good pastors. But I will tell you, I would, I've, I've said this on a live stream before. If I would have, uh, you know, just gone for what man was doing and, and not had a relationship myself with God, I would have fallen a long time ago because people let me down there. Sometimes they're rude. Sometimes they're mean-spirited. They, even the best pastors, you know, can be all about themselves sometimes. I mean, it's sad, but it's true, you know? And it's like, what have you done for me lately? You know, they all want, you know, and it's like, really? But then there's some real authentic people. And so I look for the authentic. I look for the real. You know, I, there's a saying, it's like, go where you're appreciated, not where you're tolerated. As I get older, I just, the more and more that means to me, because I want to just, you know, look, I'm not a, you know, sit, I'm not some moron that just sits here. I do it as unto the Lord, not unto man. There's a scripture, Colossians 3.23, it says, uh, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto man. Well, that's true. And so I do this unto the Lord, but I, it doesn't mean that there's not some rude people that just treat me like I'm like a nothing, you know? And it's like, you, you just leave there and you're like, gosh, like that person, like really that, like, wow, they, they treat you like you're a piece of dirt in the christian world and you know they can't even listen to you for like two seconds now i'm going to tell you the other side of that sometimes you know we're just super super busy and we've got like five million emails and you know everybody and their mom calling and texting and so it's like we're not trying to be rude but it's like literally there's like 50 million things going on and so that's a different story but you know i still try to give people attention 
and I still try to, you know, show them the love of Christ and, and, and actually be present in the conversation. We have to be present in the conversation. When somebody's sharing something, stop and listen to them and give them the due diligence of a few minutes of your time. I know it's hard. But, you know, we, we, we can't lose the, the, you know, it's like the bedside manner, you know. People just lose bedside manner and they start just forgetting the simplicity of, of, of just somebody coming as a child and just, and just you know, a new believer. You know, and the new believer, all they want is just a couple minutes of your time or they just have a question. And it's like we can't even answer them because we're so busy. You know, you just, you got to take the time. Whenever possible, and, and don't lose your bedside manner in the ministry. And, and if you're one of those people that, you know, you just haven't seen the Lord expand the territory yet, just be faithful with what he's given you and do it for an audience of one. That's what you're doing. You're doing it for an audience of one. You're not doing it for man. You're not doing it for the approval of man. You're not doing it for the accolades for man. You're not doing it for, for like a celebrity type, you know, persona. That's not, you know, if, if you're doing it for that, you're, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. But if you're showing up and you're doing it for the Lord and you're like, you know, I just, you know, I wish I had a bigger ministry or whatever, you know, just do what God has given you to do for today and be faithful in that. And it's, it's just like the, the parable of the talents, you know, steward that well, you know, people will say, well, I have a Bible study, but there's only three people. That's great. Three people's great. Steward that well, sit there and mentor those people and be a pastor and be a mentor to them. Whatever, whatever you're calling, maybe you say, you know, I'm not a pastor. That's fine. But what I'm saying is in the position that God's given you to mentor these people and to make disciples, make disciples. And what happens is the Lord is going to bless that because he trusted you with those three people's lives. And those three people, one of those three people or all of those three people could be the next Billy Graham. I mean, even Jesus himself, he, you know, he spent most of his time with his 12. You know, he did preach at bigger venues and different things like that, but the most of it, the pouring in that he did was to the 12, and the 12 went out, and that's how the church started. And the rest is history, right? So we never know, you know, this one person that God's trusted you with, these two people, these five people, you know, it's, it's, it's not about the numbers. Because people always tell me, it's like the first thing they say, they say, well, I have a, and I say, well, are you doing a Bible study? Yeah, I'm doing a Bible study. And they're like depressed about it. You could tell they're depressed about it. What's up? How many people you got going there? You know, actually, I don't even ask the number because I'm really not into the numbers. They usually tell me the number. Just being honest with you, they'll like I'll say, oh, what you know, what are you doing? You have a Bible study. Oh, great, that's awesome. And they'll say, yeah, but it's only like three people. I, I promise you, almost every time I hear some, well, it's only like seven people. It's only like five people because they have this like complex that it's not, you know. Well, first of all, are we trying to be Joel Osteen? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Okay, I don't want to be that. So that's not my goal. So so you, you just think about this. Okay, what is your goal? Is your goal to please the Lord? Or is your goal to please man? Is it a numbers game? Is, is God worried about that? Or is he worried about you doing what you're called to do? And he's entrusted you with those three or those five or those seven. Okay, or those 12. And what you do with those is going to be determinative about where he takes this ministry next. Because it's his ministry. He gives and takes away. And we can't, you know, these people that get all haughty and all, you know, prideful that they're going to lose their ministry they're going to lose it because pride comes before a fall so we have to stay humble and in the right state of mind and never think that we're better you know it doesn't mean that you're not blessed and highly favored i'm not saying that i am okay but i'm just saying it's not can we keep our humility can we keep our realness can we be authentic can we share the truth can we be the church 
Because I'm tired of this stuff. And the infighting and the accusing. My goodness, you know, listen, I'm going to spend the last 15 minutes of the show here today just sharing something with you because I really got to get this out. And I hope that you're getting something out of this. And I hope that I'm not trying to, like, please know that I'm, try- I'm not trying to make it seem like I made it or I figured it out because I haven't. I'm just really honestly just sharing my heart. And I've been through all this myself. So, you know, like I said, when I talk about the underdog, I'm the underdog, okay? So we're in this together. But the Lord has done something very powerful in the last couple of years here with the ministry that's his and expanding the territory. He did it on his timing, and I was able to go full-time in the ministry, but it's, you know, is it easy? No. Every month, we still have to pray for the finances. We still, you know, I'm not saying that we've, like, made it, because honestly, I think the day that you think you made it in ministry is actually a very scary day. You've never made it. We're always constantly going back to the Lord and saying, what can I improve? You know, heal me today, Lord God. You know, continue to heal me, and we're walking through our healing process, and we're walking through our faith journey, Okay. So let me share this, um, you know, <laughs> I'll give you a couple stories. So I was having Bible studies at my house when I was in Los Angeles, I had a condo at the time. This is probably about 15 years ago, maybe a little bit more than that, but I was in the ministry already, but it was in the initial stages, very beginning stages. And I, um, you know, I had some people over, I was doing like a men's Bible study. And I remember this guy, you know, I had some magazines in my, you know, downstairs bathroom, and I guess he went and used the bathroom, and he looked at the magazines. Now, it wasn't porn. It wasn't anything bad. It was like a magazine where I think it, you know, was like a fashion magazine that somebody had sent me because I was in the fashion industry uh, by vocational, and, you know, I got some, you know, some fashion magazine, and, it, you know, I guess it had some people in some clothes that maybe were a little bit more revealing than probably I would have in my house now, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything bad. And, uh, and so the person comes out and he, you know, pulls me aside and he says, Pastor Todd, you know, Todd, I'm really struggling with your magazine. You know, I'm really struggling with what you have in your house, you know. Now, you got to understand, I am a guy that had literally just come out a couple of years before of the club scene in Los Angeles and young Hollywood where people were extremely promiscuous. They were doing designer drugs, uh, having sex with each other, doing all different types of crazy things, dressing very promiscuous, you know, all this stuff. And so for me, I had come into the church and pretty much gotten rid of everything. I, you know, I moved out from being, you know, living with my girlfriend. I, you know, made major, major changes in my life. But this person, and I, you know, he probably didn't mean anything bad about it, but, you know, he, he was like struggling with my magazine. Now, I could have taken that a bunch of different ways, but I decided to respond in saying this. I said, you know what? Um, no problem. Let me throw that magazine away right now. And I did. Because I figured, you know what, if he was struggling, I didn't want him to struggle and, you know, whatever. But I thought about that over and over again. I said, these people have no idea what I just, you know, what happened in my life. Like, you know, and and that's the thing. And so fast forward like 20 years, okay, to today. And recently some guy who, you know, happens to have a pretty big platform uh, says that he, he had a check in his spirit about me. A check in his spirit about me. Now, of course. Now, do I make mistakes? Yes. Am I blatantly and openly in sin? No. Um, am I doing anything in my life right now that, that, you know, if somebody, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously accountable to a bunch of people. I'm mentored by people. I live in like a, you know, everybody like ever has a magnifying glass on my life. I mean, you know, I'm a public person and uh, I'm in the public eye. And so they rip me to shreds just about anything I do, uh, you know, but this person had a check about me. Now, l- l- let me just say this about this whole thing with the check. Okay. I understand the concept. Okay. It, you know, obviously if the Holy spirit puts something on your heart, Stay away from somebody, whatever. Okay, you know, that's fine. But imagine if I was like a new believer. And the reason why I bring this up is because I have a friend who's a newer believer and people have said the same thing about her. And I get mad about it because 
this girl's just trying her best to like serve the Lord and just trying her best to, you know, do everything that God's called her to do. And all these people are accusing her and coming against her. And I just think she's still kind of a new believer. And, and that's the thing is, if I, you know, imagine if I was a new believer and somebody, I have a check about you. What does that mean? So now I'm a check. That's what I am. I'm a check now. I mean, so, you know, instead, why don't you go to me and, and say, hey, brother, you know, I, are you struggling in this area? Can I pray you through it? Can I walk you through it? Can we stand together? You know, I believe in you. I believe in your calling. Wouldn't that be more encouraging than some person saying, hey, I got to check about you? Well, thanks. <laughs> I mean, what, you think about how crazy some of this stuff is in the Christian world. Well, thanks. What am I? I'm a check now. So now, you know, and then, and then, you know, other people say, oh, brother, so-and-so has a check about brother Coconado. Oh, well, then I better stay away from him, too, because he has a check. And then you become like this uh, leper, you know, when, when, hey, look, I'm very transparent. I'm very open. You got a problem with me? Come and tell me what it is. I'll walk, I'll walk with you on it. You know, like, just like I got rid of the magazine because I don't want to be a stumbling block for anybody. And if there is an area in my life where, you know, I'm doing something where I shouldn't, I want to be, uh, you know, I want to stop. I want to be accountable. You know, I mean, that's my desire is to please the Lord. So if you see something that bothers you or you think that I'm doing something wrong according to the word of God, like by all means, tell me. And I'll take it to the Lord and my mentors and elders and, you know, to the scripture and, you know, ask the Holy Spirit if what you're saying is true. I have no problem with that. But instead, it's like this alien, I mean, like Christians are so weird sometimes. And I know the Lord says we're a peculiar people, but, you know, I got to check about Brother Coconado. Well, thank you. You know, and then all these other people, you know, that follow, oh, you know, so-and-so has a check about Coconado. Oh, a check. Oh, check. Yeah, you become this leper in the Christian community because somebody had a check. Well, what is your check? First of all, did you even come to me with your check? And so this is the thing. And then they put up these posts, you know, like, you know, this subliminal, like, you know, where people can kind of figure out it's you, but they're not sure, you know, and then, you know, and it's like, oh, he's got a check, and now he's got this, you know, and all these people start acting weird, and they, they look at you weird, and they treat you weird. Yeah, this still happens to me even today, by the way. Okay, and I'm, I'm, I'm just taking the gloves off because I'm done. It's either we get this or we don't. People are going to be coming into the church that are from the world, that are on drugs, that are, that are addicted to alcohol, addicted to pornography, addicted to sex, all kinds of stuff. And if we treat them the way that we treat, gosh, ourselves, like me, people like me, I mean, if, if you think that I, you got to check about me, <laughs> how are you going to treat the person that's coming out of the world? And that's how people treated me. And that's how they treat my, my dear friend. And that's why I've... I become, you know, friends with some of these people because I see what they go through and I, I want to be the, you know, like family to them and I want to stand with them because I went through it myself. Listen, you self-righteous Pharisee, you religious spirit person, stop it. Stop it. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit bold today. I'm a little bit hard today, but you know, I'm just tired of it. You know what? Stop looking at the, the speck in somebody else's eye if you got a plank in your own. Heresy hunters out there. You know, you know them by their fruit. I mean, what's the fruit? Is there good fruit? When you look at this ministry, is there fruit? Of course there's fruit. I mean, I would hope that, but I always tell you, you know, go to the Lord, go to the Holy Spirit, ask, does this pastor really love you, Lord? Does this pa is this pastor the real deal? Does he really love is he is he about your business or is he shady? And if if if, if the Holy Spirit tells you I'm shady, then don't follow me. If, or if the Holy Spirit tells you not, or you get a check or whatever, that's fine. But I don't know. Like, I'm, I understand the whole check thing. I get it. I'm not mocking it because there's obviously discernment and the spirit gives you discernment. But some of these people, I think they just make this stuff up or it's like they're jealous of you or they don't like you or something. And so they all of a sudden they have a check 
And then they tell everybody, I've got to check about Coconado. Well, no, actually, you're just jealous. Let's just be real. Okay, that, that's your check. Your check is that you're jealous. And you don't like that, you know, I have some opportunities that maybe you want. Or I have some things that you think that you want. It's ridiculous. We've got to be real. Stop with the nonsense, okay? Stop attacking each other. We've got a real uh, communist insurgency and a, and a coup that's taking place in this nation here in the United States. We've got a, a deep state and a, and a cabal that's around the world that's trying to enslave Christians. And all of this is the spirit of Antichrist. And, and it's a battle of light versus darkness. And we've got to stop attacking our best soldiers. And we've got to, man, stand with the underdogs, the people that are called, that are doing their best to serve the king and are doing their best to be in the ministry and are doing their best to answer the call in their lives. We should be supports and brothers and sisters and love them and show them the love of Christ and stand with them. And these churches and these ministries that are like taking in millions of dollars, you should be helping these smaller ministries and these people that are called because you know what? Somebody helped you along the way too. And you know, it's like you stop trying to build your own kingdom and being like an island. You know, unless it's my ministry, unless I'm speaking there, I won't help her. Unless, you know, stop with this nonsense. We've got to come together. We've got to unify. And, you know, if these big ministries that are sucking up all the resources in the Christian community now, thank God our God owns a cattle on a thousand hills and he still makes a way where it seems like there is no way. But could you imagine if some of these mega, you know, ministries that have millions and millions and millions of dollars started giving back to the Christian community and started actually uh, investing in other Christian ministers and other Christian ministries and helping them? Could you imagine what would happen if they, you know, the, some of these amazing ministries like my friend Kent and Candy Christmas, uh, they have the bridge ministry where they're literally uh, Candy Christmas for years has been feeding people under a bridge in Nashville. Many people don't even know that. You know, and I just love them. I, you know, there's so many people that have just been doing stuff like this. You know, my my parents had a food ministry for, you know, many, many years. And, you know, I watched their church and I watched them struggle for a while. Actually, many years I watched them. But they're, they're real remnant people. And they've been through hell and back, hell and back. And I've been through hell and back. And many of you have been through hell and back. And some of you are walking through hell right now. And I just want you to know I stand with you. And I know what you're going through. And if you're the underdog or you're someone that's been hidden, don't give up or don't get, get discouraged. Keep pressing ahead. God's got his hand on your life. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's with you even until the end of the age. And these other people are going to have to stand before the throne one day that treat people bad or walk around in a haughty spirit or walk around in pride. God is going to deal with them. You better believe it. God is going to deal with them. They're going to stand before the throne one day. So you just keep doing what you're doing and align with the people that love you and align with the people that stand with you. And don't don't worry about the rest of, of this nonsense, okay? Because I'm just tired of seeing precious saints of God that are hurt and that are mistreated in the body of Christ. And uh, I want to end with this. I'm going to pull up right now as I'm talking to you. My friend Matt Couch, he actually said something really good this morning, and I want to share it. And uh, let me see if I can find it. He put up a lot of posts here. Uh, but uh, he said something which I really, really appreciated. Um, and by the way, they just took down his, uh, you know, his, his Twitter, and he's just pressing ahead. Okay, here, here it is. Wise word of the day. It says, it's time to stop crossing oceans for people that wouldn't jump a puddle for you. Wise word of the day. You know what? Ain't that the truth. Go where you're appreciated, not where you're tolerated. Make sure that you have respect for yourself, saint of God. Make sure that you first have to respect yourself. 
and you, and you got to know your identity in Jesus Christ and who you are. Don't let people walk all over you. Don't let them treat you like garbage. But at the same time, bless those that curse you. Pray for them. And for those that are walking in pride and a haughty spirit and all these different things that we're seeing around, pray for them. But just remember, the Lord will not be mocked and everything comes out in the end and they will have to stand before the throne of glory one day. And so you just keep doing what you're doing. You stand on the promise of God in your life. Okay, you stand on the promise of God in your life. You operate in that calling and that gifting. And you steward it, whether it's two people or 10 people or 15 people, steward it correctly and watch what God does. He's going to expand your territory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I hope this helped you today. Yeah, I'm, I'm just getting real. I'm taking the gloves off and it's going to be like this going forward. I'm telling you, I'm just done. Either we stand or we stand or we, or we don't. That's it, right? All right. I love you guys. I hope you see my heart in this. I'm not trying to be mean, but I just, I, you know, it's a righteous anger. You know what I'm saying? All right. Love you. I'll be back tomorrow. This is the Todd Coconado Show. God bless you.